1: What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Javindra Hardwar.
0: I'm Deputy Editor Sherlyn Lowe.
1: This week, we've got a lot of stuff, but I want to highlight one thing that came across our news desk this week, and that is a foldable iPhone project from a group of, I don't know if they're hackers or like, you know, engineers in China. Uh, We'll be talking about that and the idea of a foldable iPhone and kind of what that would mean for Apple. But of course, there's a lot of other news happening. We'll be talking about the meta layoffs, 11,000 people. Um, There's news around the crypto firm uh, FTX. And of course, there's Twitter stuff and you know what? We'll we'll talk about Twitter stuff, but I don't want to do another Twitter centric episode we're done because with, we're we've so been there and it's yeah. gonna be a continued <clears throat> hellfire. As always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes, and you know, you can subscribe wherever you can get the show, wherever you get podcasts. You can drop us an email at podcastangadget.com. Typically we record uh, a live stream, a live show on our YouTube channel around ten a.m. Eastern on Thursdays. Sometimes that's bumped up to eleven a.m. But if you check out our channel, you can kind of see when it's scheduled and join us. It's a fun time. I don't know when you saw the story, Sherlyn, about the folding iPhone, but tell me, what was your first thought once you heard somebody had like I thought it was a
0: Galaxy screen? Z Flip 3 that someone ported iOS over to, or Z Flip 4. That's what it looked like to me. Um, but I hear it's a nightmare.
1: <laughs> I mean, it looks like a nightmare. Have you have you looked at this thing? So apparently, a group of folks at the Aesthetics of Science and Technology in China uh, basically took um, spare Motorola Razor parts. So if you remember that phone, which we just don't talk about depends, at all anymore, it depends
0: on yeah, it depends on which generation. The very first yeah. generation of that one was god-awful
1: there yeah and i feel like people just don't talk about the razor at all other than hey it's cool that motorola tried to bring the razor back but they used spare parts of that phone their own 3d printed elements in the iphone 10 screen uh made more flexible without putting on the uh the glass part so it was like just the oled part of the screen and an ios jailbreak that lets um you know i was running this whole thing because it's not an official phone uh this looks pretty wild um just to see like the extent to which these folks have gone and done it it looks like they took the hinge from the racer there's like exterior parts of the iphone as well so you kind of get the bezel um it looks awful when it's folded because there's a huge uh, gap in between but it does bring to mind this idea of like i do think people are kind of liking the z flip even if i think the uh the kind of point of it isn't quite there there are rumors about Apple doing a folding iPhone, maybe something we'll see next year or in the next few years. Shrilin, you are head of mobile now. Like you're you're the one doing all the mobile coverage. Would you be excited by a foldable iPhone? Like do you think there would be a point to it?
0: Head of mobile. I mean, huh. yeah. Um, <laughs> you were literally
1: just complaining about Apple calling you as we were starting to do this because you're so popular. I don't know. I don't know so if Apple, Apple I don't know if Apple stuff. blowing
0: yeah. up my blowing up my phone means I am I
1: am Yeah, head if of they mobile. call you that means I'm they I'm like of a mobile. lot of things. Yeah. Oh All
0: right. Anyway, <laughs> what do you um, think? Uh, I I think that yes, I think that affordable f- iDevice is on the way. I don't know that it's necessarily an iPhone. I think it makes more sense for Apple to look into a foldable iPad mini. I think that that's sort of closer to the form factor they'd be looking at. I don't think that Apple has seen any reason necessarily to pursue a folding iPhone yet. Um, even with like something like an iPhone Pro Max. I, right, I, right, right, right. I think we've heard a lot of rumors, I think we've, you know, but there's a lot more credible uh, reports out there around say a VR headset or, or, yeah, even a foldable iPad. So not necessarily, I think this video that we saw with the mod is pretty funny. Um, it's it's like, if you think about the, uh, what they've actually made, it's not, I, I personally feel it's a little misleading to call it a folding iPhone, because what makes an iPhone iOS? And the fact that they use the screen from an iPhone X, like the parts here, like you it said, looks, were mostly, I mean, on
1: on the outside, it looks like an iPhone. Like it has the outside bezels, it has a, here's, the. Here's here's what's funny, mm-hmm.
0: right? They use it with spare Motorola Razor parts, like you said, their own three D printed elements, and an iPhone X screen that they made a little bit more flexible by replacing the glass that originally wasn't that flexible mm-hmm. or foldable mm-hmm. at all, and then some of the touch layers uh, that they that they. Uh, Replace as well so at what point is an iphone not an iphone or a, an iphone right like this thing only yeah. has the iphone 10 screen and ios that's jailbroken sure, sure. to run on this thing
1: is i mean it i'm iPhone? not saying anybody's uh. gonna go out and buy this i'm not saying you should go get this phone but
0: oh no 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 it's not even for as an sale. achievement
1: <laughs> as an achievement i think it's uh it's pretty cool it's kind of cool that somebody did this and showed it was possible
0: and yeah, yeah. and to yeah. describe for the people who are tuning in just to the audio only version of this the picture of this thing the, the screenshot uh looks just like a Z Flip 4 it, it or kind 3. Of does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Running an iPhone wallpaper, which by this point, honestly, you can't like can, an Android you can totally launcher. Do. I would say
1: go, go look yeah. up our story. You can actually, there is an embedded video there. Um, of the whole process of them developing this thing and uh, i don't i don't know if they're subtitled for it i didn't check that far
0: it's uh it's there are it's closed captions uh, it's in english that's very good Um, Uh,
1: but it looks like the whole thing should be set to like an 80s uh you know montage music it's just like hey guys we got this crazy idea we're just gonna go for it we're gonna try to make a folding iphone i think it's pretty cool um it's more like the idea i'm not super into folding phones in general i think samsung you know has done a lot of cool stuff with the Galaxy Fold and the Z Flip. It does seem like we have heard stories that the Z Flip is the one that's selling more because it's more affordable. It's under a 1000 bucks now, right? Like, it's it's a thing you can buy, and it has a cool, unique ability to kind of become smaller that no other phone can do right now. I don't... I, I could see Apple just paying attention to that, right? Like, they don't ignore these things. They don't immediately chase right. the fads that Samsung does or other people right. do, but... Yeah, they got big screen iPhones after the Galaxy Note took off. Yeah, they started introducing kickstands into the iPad with the with all those uh the keyboard cases after the surface took off. So clearly Apple's trying to both be like, oh, we're too cool to like follow in your footsteps, but secretly they're like, um yeah, that we we got to do something about this. They're they're too cool. They're they're making us look bad, you know. Uh, I do think Apple's going to do this, but you're thinking it could be more like an iPad Mini situation. Would it be a yeah. phone that expands bigger? Because to me, I would find that more useful.
0: I think if you look at where their software is headed to, because don't forget that a big component of foldable devices is the software, um, and iPad OS only just started getting more like desktop friendly, oh, and yeah. I think more they, right, so yeah. exactly, so we're we're I think Apple is going to. F- face a lot of challenges on its way to developing a foldable device. Again, like I said, I don't think that iOS itself is designed for it's not a foldable for a lot. Yeah. interface. Yeah, exactly. Like if you it, the closest we will come to that is iPadOS. And then Apple has to like determine a lot of things, like what are the new use cases they're going to introduce? Are they going to um how are they going to detect like the the um different folded states in the software and then let developers work on their apps to make the layouts work in split
1: screen I, and I, feel, sort of thing. I i totally agree those are all solvable problems though like this is, is this is apple they, they yeah. have proven that they could do quite a bit i trust apple software more than i trust uh, stuff coming out of google as as we've talked about uh and uh, honestly a lot of other companies do i feel like microsoft tends to disappoint us too when it comes to software solutions i will not stop complaining about windows on arm and that freaking surface pro 9 so of all <laughs> I, the companies to yeah. like be like okay this is a big problem and we have to solve it in an interesting way, both hardware and software wise. I would have more faith in Apple doing it well. Um, do you think do you think they would try to introduce something new to this like idea of a folding phone? Because that is what Apple's really known for, right? Like they take right, the so idea and kind of perfect it in a way or this
0: rim- I was reminded of this and, and you know, perfectly you brought it up at this time. I was about to bring up that Sir Holmes in our chat said, uh, no one wants to waste time unfolding a phone yes. again. So the, that's a but very people important do. point. They, people they, do. Yeah. And the reason, so this ties into what you said by, with the whole thing about what happens on the outside of a phone, right? We're assuming this thing that if, say, Apple is making a foldable iPad or iPad mini, that it will fold in half with the screens facing each other and then the external maybe becomes a phone similar to the Galaxy Z Fold or what like the z flip where it has a cover display perhaps that would solve some of the problem of like having to first unfold your phone before using it or or that is why they're not going to pursue it on a phone because a device like a tablet people are less annoyed by like you have to take it out and unfold it you
1: you assume it's going to take some phone right exactly a
0: phone you want it to be always ready always you know they just introduced that always on display maybe they'll bring that always on display to the cover display of uh
1: yeah I can right, see them. I could see them doing both an iPhone and an iPad with this. Maybe one of the. Maybe something that folds into like the bigger, the Pro Max size, or honestly, even something that could fold into like the full iPad Mini size. But I, I was reminded of uh, there was a not so funny TikTok, but there there was a TikTok. I was like, this is how different generations open their phones, and millennials just hold up their phone or no it was like gen gen gen, gen z, z just hold up their still, phone
0: we're the ones that were
1: like millennials uh <laughs> have the uh little pocket cases and you like open it up your little wallet case and you you kind of look at everything first of all that's ages because it's clearly the next generation up like it is my wife's mom does that uh all the older folks i know have these freaking wallet cases and um their wallets get stolen all the time and i'm like what do you don't put your life don't put your phone, don't put all of your cards and everything in a single case. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But I was reminded of like that thing. And there was sort of like we we all learn how to interact with these devices differently. I don't see Z Flip co- like people who own that complaining about having to flip it up. Honestly, I think they like having to flip it up. Like it is a it's an action that kind of gets you back into it. Maybe for some people, they'll be like, it'll prevent me from doom scrolling because it takes more effort to get into my phone. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a
0: good put-away phone. Um, I also want to point out that video that um, spurred this entire conversation uh, from, I guess, I don't know, KJMX. Um, I'm playing it in the background as we speak, and a lot of it is them... (laughs) showing us screenshots from their text from message their text, conversations. Like really
1: dramatic music in their and, texting. And, yeah. yeah, it's said like what a documentary. Yeah.
0: So just so you know, all the texts are in Chinese, Mandarin, and I'm reading it, and it's just them talking about how expensive this will cost, how expensive they'll come we find cheaper parts. Can we make this cheap? Can we make this cheap? And just like, this is a concept device. Why are you like figuring out how to make it cheap? But it looks like they've challenged themselves yeah, to make it's a device. It's a fun
1: project. I kind of dig that. Yeah.
0: Right. That's like going to be, that's going to be um, a fun, affordably priced so that it might one day be feasible um and it's pretty i i don't know that i would call it a nightmare i think it is a nightmare device But I think that the the whole effort and the whole project on the part of this team is kind of cool. It's a very nice look at the. If you're interested in the engineering of a foldable device at all, this is actually a very informational video. For
1: sure, for sure. It's more like a Frankenstein's monster type of thing, just like all these different parts kind of coming together to make this device. I love that they just
0: applied the Apple logo to the back of this freaking phone, too. It's amazing.
1: I do think, like, maybe something like the Z Flip that could just, like, pop up and sit on its, like, bottom and kind of be propped up a little could be useful at times, especially for video chats and things like that like that so there are elements of it that i do kind of like it's just like i don't know i don't know if i want to be flipping my phones like i don't want to flip it close it just seems like a waste of time so anyway i'm sure apple is thinking about this and exploring it let us know folks like what would you like to see in a foldable iphone do you want the z flip idea do you want like a single thing that's basically smartphone size and can turn into like an old school flip phone or do you want something closer to the galaxy z fold that's like a you know, standard size, but can expand to an even bigger screen. Um, I kind of want something sort of in the middle, and I don't know how they yeah. would do that. Uh, any other yeah. thoughts on this, Uh I
0: did, but let's move on. <laughs>
1: cool. So I wanted to deal with some fun news before we got into... The worst things happening, like in the world, in the tech world, and honestly, in the news, too. Like this is a just a crazy week. We just had the midterm elections in the U.S. Um, a lot of things are changing. There's there's a lot of stuff in the news. Kanye West continues to go uh, a little a little wild. This is I I don't know what reality we're in. Uh, anyway, just recently, Meta uh, announced that they're laying off eleven thousand people, which is you know another set of layoffs that we're seeing in the tech world. Like there, there was Twitter. There have been other companies that have been trying to like prune um, you know, employees quite a bit. Uh, a lot of it, it does sound like Zuckerberg pointed to, hey, we, things were exploding at the beginning of the pandemic. And people assumed um, that oh, maybe this would just keep going. Maybe people will be stuck at home. They'll have to use our products and we should just invest in building more and more things. Turns out, not, not really the case. And also, Meta is just kind of flailing as a company because nobody um nobody believes in his idea of the metaverse you know like ever since reorganizing around the metaverse and not so much facebook and social networking um their stock is tanked we talked about this quite a bit like it, it's just been really rough um any thoughts on this, Shirley this is 13 percent of meta's workforce just gone in an instant
0: yeah mm-hmm. i mean I, I knew we were going to talk about it today but i was not expecting to see a post on instagram from a friend of mine that works for meta um that was like just like they were very heartbroken about what happened. Um they said that they had to say goodbye to eleven thousand MetaMates and that they've actually known about the news for a few days now thanks to Wall Street Journal. Uh, so, like, imagine being at Meta, and you, like, hear the rumors that Meta is going to lay off 11,000 of you, and then my friend is in the, like, A- Asia-Pacific, like, offices, not in America, so, you know, you don't really know, they probably didn't really know if they were going to be affected, and then, finally, when they did get affected in the Asia-Pacific offices, it was like, well, crap, so... I don't know. I think that, like for me, the human side of this is is sad, right? Like a lot of the stuff we're seeing now as like a result of the p- pandemic sort of waning. I don't even know if we can say that, that it's waning yet, but it's not really waning.
1: A, but right, people as would a result like of, to make that case, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: right. But as a result of things that were done during the pandemic as a method of coping, or you know, so in this case with like you said, Meta hired just a lot and building, then now had to like building of them.
1: like, hey, people are stuck at home, they need to use our stuff, so we should build right. more stuff, yeah.
0: Right, and then we're seeing that those decisions weren't done with a lot of or made with a lot of foresight, right? Like the whole like airline industry <laughs> laying off a lot of people, and now like we having delays everywhere because well, we don't have the people we need. Yeah, again. they took so, the
1: money and laid off a lot of people. I I love I our system. That. I love our system quite a bit. Um, don't, don't even get me started are, on that. But yeah, yeah, there are stories all around of people saying talking about their experience being laid off from Meta. Um, in comparison, I do think. People are saying like this process is at least better than what Musk did with Twitter and a lot of other companies did. Like they give these folks fair warning. They're pretty uh lengthy. Um, they're gonna they're gonna have lengthy severance and you know, time to figure themselves out. And it, it is kind of wild though. Like it's wild to think about eleven thousand people is just 13%, right, of their workforce. Like how much of how much of the brain trust of the tech world is just caught up in these big companies, I could, that's a lot of people. Those people are going to go out, maybe do startups or work for other folks. Like, that is just, that's all intelligence. Like, going out there and being back on the market. So, who knows what will happen from all of that?
0: Well, here, Buddy305Love in the chat also has a very good point, which is why did companies wait until the holiday season to lay people off? And the timing of this is indeed, you know, pretty inhumane. I don't know. I mean it's, if it's, someone here has some st- insight. It's about
1: quarterly cycles, right? So
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: Holidays. So tend like to be they need it mm-hmm.
0: they needed people to um, go in and be like, oh make product, make products so we can sell them. And then as you're approaching the holiday shopping season, that's when you don't really necessarily need the people who are in the manufacturing or the production or the you know product creation parts of the department. Now you just need people to buy stuff and hit your bottom line. So maybe that's why but I don't know. It is it is a bummer that 11,000 people are now jobless and staring down the holiday shopping it's, season. It's
1: rough. Uh, I do want to talk about the severance thing because, uh, hey, more companies should be doing this. But it's going to be 16 weeks plus uh, as their base severance, plus two weeks, uh, two additional weeks for every year of service, no cap there. And they'll also cover health care for employees and their families for six months. And that's always because we were in such a crappy system in the US where basically everybody gets health care. Most people get health care from their employers. Um, that's, that's a good thing. Um, I'm, I'm hoping g- good things for these folks. Um, it says well, that they was, will mm-hmm.
0: – How is – I mean, I guess that's cheaper than, like, keeping them hired because that's a one-off money yeah, thing you write exactly, off. Um, exactly. Dude named Charlie, though, brings up a good point. God forbid Zuckerberg take a pay cut from all of the billions. I mean,
1: he, and, he can't. Um, and also, like, he – the thing about facebook and we've talked about this before is that he is so he is like the largest you know shareholder he is fully in charge of that company the board can yell at him but they can't like take the company away from him. They can't They can't really punish him in a way, too. So a normal CEO would, would probably face some punishment after something like this, and he just can't. Um, another thing that's worth mentioning, uh, Meta says that they're going to help people find new jobs by working with an external vendor, and they're going to sur- support employees on visa with a dedicated team of immigration specialists. And that's a big deal, too. That's something that I think a lot of companies need to think about, because when you lay somebody off, if they're here on a visa, they got to go back home. They're screwed. I'm sure you care about that, Sherlyn. Like that's kind of yeah. what you've been dealing with. Yeah.
0: That was always that was always my worst nightmare, which is that like if I ever got laid off or lost my job, I would have to go home immediately. It depends also on the class of visa that you're on. Some classes of visas and I'm not super familiar with which classes of visas do this, but some of them you don't really have like to go home immediately, but some you like do. So like it's a huge life change. And like for people who are making that's why when I was on a visa, I could never really make long term plans because you never know when you're supposed to ditch everything and leave. Um, so it's good to hear that they're working with visa workers on this, but I I don't really know what that means for them. Uh, H1B workers, maybe you have like a, 10 to 2 week grace period to find another job but it's also it's also not just especially for H-1B which is the most popular tech visa right it's not just like that you they want to help you stay in the country and find another job it's also the transference of your visa to your new employer and very often employers don't want to hire someone on a visa Mm -hmm. because it's a lot of additional money it's too much trouble you never know the visa is going to get approved the good news with things like the H-1B visa is that you can transfer employers Fairly easily, but not all visas are like that. Some of the O one and O one visa for artists and outstanding individuals, the L one visa, which is about managers within a, an organization managing overseas staff, those are a lot trickier to navigate in these types of situations. So again, while I'm glad that they're, you know, saying that they're going to help visa workers, which, like you said, is something that companies need to think about, I'm also just kind of not sure what the limits are there.
1: Yeah. This is rough time. It's gonna be rough for everybody too. So we're seeing a lot of layoffs. If there's oh, one tech. thing I'm an expert yeah. about,
0: clearly it's visas, it's visas. and you know working visas. in the U.S. <laughs> so things are rough
1: for tech. Honestly, things are rough for a lot of people in America too. So I'm hoping these folks bounce back and yeah, stay stay safe, everybody. Like this is we're gonna be facing a weird financial time, and even if there's a lot of reporting going like. Yeah, the economy is not as bad as people are saying. I think inflation actually went down to like seven point five percent. It was the news I saw this morning. Um, things aren't as bad as they're saying, but a lot of companies are reacting as if we're going to be facing a real, you know, financial crisis, and that still means even if it doesn't happen, they're going to be, you know, thinking of firing people. So just be safe, people, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ride this one out. In other news, um, some crazy things are happening around FTX, the crypto giant, and also Binax. So FTX has been in a lot of trouble. Apparently, there was, like a, I believe, a big run on their value. And uh, things were looking pretty bad for FTX. And then Binax, which is the largest uh, crypto firm, I believe. I believe FTX is the third largest. But Binax was like, OK, cool. We will buy you out so that it doesn't tank this entire industry. And then shortly after that story... Hit uh, Binax was like, nah, bro. I'm not. I'm not into this because they did do due, due diligence and saw that uh, FTX is in a lot of trouble. So now this company, um, which a lot of people I think were talking about as one of the highlights of the crypto world, um, you know, the founder Sam Bankman fried is like one of those young dudes. He's like thirty something. It was like, oh man, he built this company that's worth billions, tens of billions of dollars. He himself was up to sixteen billion. I believe most recently, I think it was even higher before that. This is like the miracle moneymaker that people want in the tech world, right? And it turns out uh, there is a liquidity crisis, which means that they don't they don't have enough currency to back up their speculation. A lot of people were withdrawing money as the overall crypto market was kind of tanking recently. So I think that's kind of what happened. But imagine this, like in the span of a couple of days, Sam Bankman-Fried's net worth um Went from sixteen billion dollars to nine hundred and ninety million. He's no longer a billionaire with a B. Um, there, this this story is ongoing, and we're we're gonna like we cover some of it in gadget. I think TechCrunch is doing more extensive coverage because this is in the world where I don't I don't follow crypto. I don't care about crypto par- partially because I felt like so much of this stuff is snake oil, and it turns out like as all of this stuff is kind of falling apart. It, it, it is kind of snake oil. But unfortunately, it's snake oil that's also, like, helping to destroy our environment, too. So that's fun. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried this morning did his, like, mea culpa thread of tweets. First tweet, I'm sorry. That's the biggest thing. I fucked up and should have done better. Sorry, swear warning. I should have done that. Um, Two, I also should be communicating more recently. Um, And then he goes on in the thread to kind of explain what the situation was. And he basically said he misread the sense of, like, Uh, The amount of liquidity that they had and the amount of withdrawals people had. And, uh, yeah, they basically saw $5 billion worth of withdrawals on Sunday when he didn't expect that. And that just kind of tanked the overall value of the company. I don't know. Thoughts, Sherlin?
0: I will first tell you my first Uh thought, which is that in our show notes, it is listed as Binax, B-I-N-A-X. And I'm like, why is this at-home test maker in crypto? Uh-huh. And it's actually Binance, oh, sorry, sorry. B-I-N-A-N-C-E. Binance. Binance. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, I was very confused for a That's moment there. That's
1: what I was there. thinking. I was I was thinking that.
0: Okay, thing. great. Yeah, you were like self-testing and like, you're in your head. I was self-testing. Fantastic. No, you're
1: right. But, it, it is Binance. was just what was good, written good to know. before.
0: <laughs> so, um, but no. Yes, Binance, like the Chinese Chinese uh, company that just replaced the word finance with the letter B in front. Fantastic. That's actually a great
1: name for a company. So uh, yeah, yeah, because B, finance
0: as in Bitcoin, B for B, anyway. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, my other like uh, knee jerk reaction to this is like buy crypto, good, good, and yeah, mm-hmm. and then the rest of uh, the way I feel about this is like you, I really do not give a f ing f about crypto. I mean, look. I think blockchain has its merits. I think that there's a lot of technology involved in crypto that has like potentially good applications. I just, I am so sick of finance bros and like this is, this really well, financial. Yeah, like,
1: yes, it's, nit, I'm sick of, yeah,
0: exactly. The, I, I tell me something that affects the real world, the real people who are going through real suffering. Not like I just spent my trust fund money or my vacation to Cabo for the millionth time in a year money on this. And now I'm like, you know, I look, mon- monetary loss is no fun, no matter who it affects, but. I'm sorry. I could really. I just. I don't. I'm so. Sick so of anyway, crypto. if you
1: want, you want to hear the story of why we don't uh, really cover much crypto. We do a bit of it in Gadget. TechCrunch does more. Other places do more. But personally, I am like, I want this entire industry to burn to the ground. I'm sorry. So anyway, yeah, uh, Sam.
0: Especially NFTs. Screw especially
1: NFTs. NFTs. Sam Bankman Fried is saying he's trying to raise capital for FTX International, which is the portion of the company that he says is actually in trouble. He says FTX US users are fine. I get your money out of that he's also shutting down alameda research which was a trading firm that he was doing so hey bad bad time for crypto and also bad luck for everybody who was starring in crypto ads back like not 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 too long ago, uh, Larry David, you know, the Kirby enthusiasm guy, that Seinfeld co creator himself. Pretty, pr- this is pretty, pretty, pretty rough.
0: Pretty embarrassing for yeah. Larry
1: David because uh, he did an FDX ad uh, during the Super Bowl and it just looks really different right now. Matt Damon's crypto, he did a crypto.com commercial, if you'll remember. Uh, fortune, Fravers, the Brave which I think even South Park did a great job of, uh, of parodying. Um, we have a note here. If you invested $1,000 in crypto.com, when Matt Damon told you to, uh, in October, 2021, it would be worth $342 right now. So do, do that math, scale that math. It's, uh, it's not great. It sucks for anybody who's losing money from this, but really folks be careful with crypto things because, uh, it's rough out there, and this whole industry is like on like it is on stilt right now. It's gonna collapse in big, big ways. Let's move on to another story. And you know what? I'm not gonna spend too much time on this because I'm I'm done. I'm done talking about Elon Musk and what he's doing to Twitter. But uh there has been news because he can't help but make himself the center of news because he owns Twitter and was always one of the biggest roles. I mean,
0: it is an ongoing news it story. It is an ongoing news story,
1: yeah. but it's like the attention you want to devote to it, like I, I was seeing like all people were people were talking about on Twitter for the past couple of days was like what stupid things Elon Musk was up to. Meanwhile, the midterms were going on. A lot of things were happening, too. And it's like, OK, there there is a real world out there and real world con- consequences for things. There, so what happened? There was the $8, the $8 um, uh, you know, plan for Twitter blue to get your blue check uh, that that kicked off over the weekend was kind of a mess. It also launched uh, – when it did launch, there were two kind of check marks because uh, there was a check mark below your Twitter name that looked like it was literally just pasted on there with scotch tape. Like, oh, official. This is an official account. not gray, just gray.
0: And it's very small. Not yeah. just
1: a blue check account. And then a couple hours after that went live – and I this is particularly funny because we were following this on the Engadget News Desk uh, – Elon Musk was just like, um – no, we're just gonna stop doing that. I think because he actually looked at it and was like, this looks like garbage. What are we this looks hilarious? Um or he got roasted, he got, you know. I mean, it, it's this is a platform for him to get roasted. Like if yeah. he has a roast kink, like certainly he he is getting his uh, his money's worth right now. Uh but yeah, so now that second badge is is gone. Um there is this other thing, which I don't know if you've noticed, Rolyn, but if you hover over somebody's blue check and click on it or tap on it with your phone, you get you get the reason of why they have the blue check. So now Ooh. it's like um if you got it from if you're like a celebrity or a media person, you get the message saying this account is verified because it's notable. Yada yada yada. Um me
0: rushing over to my own blue yeah, check right yeah. now to see what it's for says, somebody right.
1: who play who paid for Twitter blue it, it literally spills the beans like, this person paid for Twitter Blue. <laughs> not, really, not really a real blue check.
0: Oh, um, yeah. mine says, all right, just found out what mine says. Mine says, this account is verified because it's notable in government, news, entertainment, uh-huh, or another uh-huh, designated uh-huh. category. It, I it, it says category. that for everybody
1: feeling fill in. Don't worry. I Don't, know, just, I, know. Just, just, I know. Just chill. I know. Uh, it just says I didn't pay. Uh-huh. It just says I didn't pay. So anyway, we also talked about the, last week we talked about the layoffs that were impending on Friday. That happened by Monday morning. They were like, oh, no. We need some of you to come back because this was a poorly thought out plan and nobody knows who they report to and we need things to get done. Um, he's, he's banning people from working remotely. That news just went out this morning. Yesterday, there was a Twitter space where Elon Musk was just like, probably, I don't know, he was probably on a toilet. But he was like, I, I, I don't know, maybe people could tie their banks to, to their Twitter accounts and we could like give them good rates for loans. So he was filling the idea of a native payment system. Just not great. Not great all around. He is a man flailing to like keep this thing afloat and not lose his personal fortune. So, anyway, that's Twitter. Twitter continues to be a mess, but my main takeaway, especially after last week's episodes, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, we've done Mastodon. I've tested Mastodon. I have an account there too, but so yeah, it's not the same.
0: For me, I uh, have been. So, so here's the thing: the timing of this is very interesting, right? Because with the midterm elections happening right now, well, and happened, me kind yeah, of, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, it's still in my head as ongoing because mm-hmm. I think there, there are still ongoing vote counts things. and there are
1: going to be right, runoffs, right. and um, did not go the way I wanted. So, yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, and so for me, I've been like not on Twitter as much because I've been experimenting with yes, messed it on a little bit, but also uh, to be real. I guess I've been just like experimenting with like some of these newer social apps. And uh, I've just felt so left out of the loop of the midterm news, right? Because Twitter Twitter. is the place where it happens. Twitter is the place where you catch up and engage with this news. So, yeah, it's a little unfortunate that like, and I agree with you, it's not going away. I'm not going anywhere. I don't know that I'll pay the $8 thing, but, you know. I I, I want to be here
1: to clown Elon Musk until this is done, but I also hope, uh, hope, against hope i don't know that some other kindly billionaire out there will res- will rescue twitter at some point because it's really all we can hope for i i don't know what what else it could be like we we don't have governments going out there taking over companies and being like okay you're you're too important to 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 be left to your own devices we're going to nationalize you and uh, take over everything that's not happening with tech companies yet but um i don't know maybe it should for certain things that uh are, are important uh i mean i think even um president biden was saying like oh yeah we got to look at all of uh elon musk's like connections right and like everything he's working on because for him to be in charge of twitter and for him to have like business connections in china and russia and things that could potentially put him in a bad place um we should be keeping an eye on that so anyway that's twitter news for the week i want to talk about something quick that happened did you see this news show about apple limiting airdrop uh reception in for to 10 minutes in china so it used to be if you want to be really wild about things and want to live a really dangerous life you you can leave your airdrop open and anybody right. can send you stuff stuff if you've been on a subway or like a crowded room where people start throwing out like teens there's the
0: digital equivalent of
1: raw dog ra- no, well mm, so many <laughs> things um teens uh, i think it was specifically like uh teenagers on the subway in new york would love to like just send out like random shit like not even not even like obscene things because there are there are the dick pic things happening but just like random memes it's like tiktok level humor breaking into the real world and they would laugh to themselves and everybody would be like what what does this mean like what is this random assortment of letters and pictures mean but anyway the apple announced that they're going to be uh basically limiting that to 10 minutes in china reportedly this is in response to protests and people sharing images of police brutality. Um, and also notably, Apple says that this feature, this feature is coming to the rest of the world eventually. It is, to me, very weird. It's, it's essentially like censoring a feature that used to be pretty pretty open before. I mean, I would tell people, don't never leave your airdrop open Right, I everybody. never did, yeah. Never do that, but... If you're in a place where you want to share stuff, like it was nice to have the option. I think at the best, you want to like limit it to your friends, you know, or people, trusted people. Um, But this immediately seems to me like Apple responding to a censorship request by China just being like, hey, yeah, we're just going to, you know, limit this feature. And now it's like, okay, this is just going to go to the rest of the world because it's actually easier to do this rather than deal with other countries who may not want people spreading information freely. Thoughts.
0: I yeah. as a as a as a newly minted Apple ecosystem person, uh, yeah, no, AirDrop is a thing that I've I always like. I just go to my like events or whatever with friends, right? And I'm like, turn on your AirDrop. I'll <laughs> tell turn everyone turn on your, on your AirDrop. AirDrop and send you like ten thousand photos uh, and videos. I'm that like annoying drunk person just like that's that. sending just like videos, that. yeah, yeah, right, and uh, exactly like that, and like. They're always going, like, it's on, it's on. So like at this point, But right I haven't further, everyone... you're not
1: my contacts, therefore you cannot airdrop me. Yeah. Rob
0: right, like, is it everyone? Everyone. It better be everyone. And then like it's not, you know, like uh, I'm, I'm that like the uh-huh. villi- like the villager in person yelling at people to turn on their airdrop now. And so now it becomes like you no know, one everyone's gonna have to actively go in and turn it on and whatever. So like I can see it impacting some people. I don't see it as like a huge issue because I'm already telling people to turn on their airdrop before I send them things. Um And I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's the way most people would yeah. do it anyway.
1: But for uses like this, to like big public things, like maybe you're, you're at a place where you want to be freely open right, to right, right, stuff from true, people. True. Um, like at a concert. At a concert. Or, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, it it is weird. It is a very strange move. And I, I'm sure we're going to hear more about this story, but this is not the first time Apple has like to demand from China. Yeah, exactly, like, there, there, exactly. there were the stories of like equipment coming out of Taiwan, couldn't say made in Taiwan, right? They had to be like, made in Chinese Taipei. That's what they were saying. Or made in Taiwan, comma, China. And Apple did that. So that's ugh, yeah. Never mind. I, yeah. I have thoughts. It's, but... It sucks. It sucks. Um but anyway, that, that is a thing that's happening. It will not affect us yet. But Apple we want to think of as the like benevolent tech company. But all these companies are doing business in China and other places where they can exert some control. And that control can be messy and can seem like just pure censorship. Yeah.
0: In, in China it's hard. I don't think that Apple thinks it has more con- control than the Chinese government. Nope. You know what nope. I mean? Like And
1: yeah. it's so dependent it's, yeah. on yeah, factories and China Companies can't even everything.
0: go in. They want they want the user base that China provides. They Facebook wants Facebook in China famously. So like they you know, it took
1: Apple a while to get in there. Ball. It took a while for exactly. them to open up China stores. So
0: exactly. That's why they want to play ball. My
1: my so. whole thing is this sucks and uh yeah. I, I hope we do not see more of this, but Everybody needs China. Everybody needs to be good with China. So, unfortunately, that's where it is. I'm going to move on to another story, and one that just personally excites me, because I'm getting into electric cars more, and specifically, like, electric family cars, and Volvo, after freaking months of teasing. I don't know if this has even been on your radar, <laughs> Sherlin, but, like, every couple weeks, Volvo would, like, just release a video on, on their YouTube channel, be like, it's coming. Our next generation car. Our safest car ever. <laughs> It's coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it has been officially announced. Uh, Andrew Tarantorla has his story. It is the EX90, the electric follow-up to the XC90, which is like one of the most popular, um, at least on Volvo's side. Like it is a mid-sized family SUV. It can fit seven people. And uh, I, I will admit right now that I ended up buying one of these things because um not the ex90 that's not out yet but i did buy an xc90 recently used because for years it has been my dream car um but i wanted to be the smart guy i want to be like okay i'm gonna get a minivan for my family i'm gonna get one that's a plug-in hybrid and everything and i've talked about this on the site and if you go look at my story about the chrysler pacifica it was a great minivan until chrysler um recalled it because of freaking exploding batteries And I just kind of gave up on waiting for the fix. It took them over seven months and there is actually a fix coming out, but I basically sold my car before that and moved over to the XC90. This new EX90, it looks beautiful. Uh, Volvo says it has, it's basically a computer on wheels too, is a good way to think about it. And this is how cars are going to be moving forward. So it has a ton of sensors all around. It has a LIDAR sensor, like very similar to like what is in a lot of gadgets right now. A lot of cars have the LIDAR like low into the ground and like below the little like logo of the car. This LIDAR sensor is up high. It's like on the forehead of the car. And Volvo said it can see like hundreds of, uh, hundreds of meters ahead. Um, so basically it's all about security stuff like if you're if somebody uh, runs onto the street in the the middle of a highway when you're running at highway speed it can detect that and automatically stop you there are a lot of safety sensors all around Um, Volvo's talking about a safety shield they want to build cars that don't kill anybody like they want to reduce car deaths to zero which is something I can kind of get behind so I'm totally down with this if you guys are looking into electric cars we are doing more and more of this coverage so check out uh, Robbie Baldwin, Roberto Baldwin did a video on the Rivian R1S, which is another big family SUV that's electric that I know a lot of people are really interested in. So check out our coverage of the Volvo EX90. Let us know what you think. Like I'm I'm just like a little obsessed like with good family cars right now. So I had the when I we first moved to Georgia, I had the RAV4 hybrid. I moved over to the Pacifica minivan. Freaking recall happened, so I'm now I'm on the xc 90 um, good family cars, good electric family mm-hmm. cars are going to be coming. Kia also has something called the EV9, mm-hmm. which looks just really wild coming next year too. So hey, computers nice. on wheels, I dig them. Um, I feel like if you actually drove, Shirlen, can you can you drive?
0: Not really yet. Okay, I can, I just can't officially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, don't worry, like it's the same thing with my wife. Like she has a license, but I would no, not not on the road. Um, I do think for a lot of people, like we especially as we need to move in different ways and maybe self-driving could be a thing eventually there's all the news about self-driving like taking a while to actually happen um but there's going to be probably more of a need for people to consider like how they're going to move around um more electrics more electrics are good for everybody and i think the EX90 looks really cool i don't know if you have you looked at pictures of this thing trulan yeah i'm just looking at it's beautiful. it now, yeah it's beautiful, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful, baby. Um, I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, you had some other news that you yes, want, yes. You know about. what else is beautiful?
0: beautiful? Instagram's new redesign for the web. It's basically the Instagram uh, version that you use in a browser if you've been using it on a browser like I have, because apparently everybody wants to message me on Instagram and not an actual messaging app. So great. Uh, so Instagram to is no it replacement
1: the- for Twitter. This is what I, I,
0: hate Instagram I know, I know, I know, I know, yeah. But Instagram messages is sup- growing as a means of communication for me, so I have to have it open. In a tab now um or i can download i guess the windows version app of it but anyway um the good news is that now instagram has moved the, the um sort of the menu uh to it's no longer just like a stretched out version of the mobile app you have a proper left rail with things like a home search explore messages notifications create on the left side and you can you know they introduced like uh desktop uploads fairly recently i think it was just last year um From the desktop, which means you could have used like Photoshop properly, photoshopped or properly edited desktop creations onto Instagram. Now with this new layout, that's a three-column layout. It not only means easier desktop use of Instagram, but it also could hint at large-screen device-friendly interface coming to, let's say, tablets. When did Instagram
1: launch? Was it twenty twelve?
0: Ages ago, I don't even remember the actual. Is it 20? No, it was before 2012 for sure. But maybe 2000, eh, 2010. 2010? 2010. 2012 is yeah, when I believe
1: they were bought. But people have been asking sure. for this forever. What the hell? What are you doing? But until today, yeah.
0: until now, there's still no dedicated there, yeah. iPad app. Mm-hmm. There's still no dedicated tablet app. So, but, but with this, you know, the redesign for the desktop, hopefully, is a sign of good things to come. Uh, I also want to power through just another piece of kind of funny, bittersweet news. Google is issuing refunds for Stadia stuff. So basically if you bought a game through the Stadia store or you have uh, you bought some kind of content or subscription through the Stadia store, you will be getting a refund and this will be automatically uh, processed and returned to your credit card uh, or your payment method. The, the thing that the company is not doing is it's not refunding Stadia Pro subscription fees. So that's just sunk costs. I'm sorry, y'all. And then it's also not yet unlocking the Stadia controller as a like a general Bluetooth controller for other people. So, so we we haven't we need to hear about these that thing, um, so that you don't have like a defunct device just gathering dust. What, in your
1: home. Remember, but, kids. What do, mm. what do we learn from this? Don't buy Google consumer gadgets. Don't ah! stop.
0: I feel like a Pixel phone's a good vibe. Yeah,
1: now, now, now it is. But uh, I mean, more like when Google's like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna try doing this thing. This thing looks kind of interesting. I like games. Let's, tr- let's try to just re- rebuild the entire video game market around our stupid idea for streaming games." God.
0: Yeah. Well, good news is uh-huh. uh, Google also uh, noted in its. Um, FAQ announced this week, that uh, you can transfer, in some cases, your saved data from uh, your games from Stadia to some other platforms, but it really is up to the developers and publishers of those specific games. Uh, apparently Ubisoft, Bungie, Rockstar, Bethesda are working on ways to help players move their game progress to other platforms. Cyberpunk 2077, players can already export their save data to the PC version and then sync it to your console.
1: Very cool. Uh, I, so I love the, the flexibility of save data now. Like it, good, it is, exactly. Yeah, it is saving a lot of time. And for anybody who spent like hundreds of hours in Assassin's Creed on Stadia, like it is nice to be able to get that out of there. But uh, have you have you actually used Stadia, Sherlin? Or, or nope. any
0: of these things, yeah. Other than at a demo uh-huh, event uh-huh. or like, uh yeah, I have a. I like I said, I have a Stadia setup controller and everything that Google sent, or like at an event I was receive. I received it still in how, plastic how many, wrapping in the box. How many
1: Google devices you have? They were just like, oh, we're gonna launch this thing, and then you haven't even opened it. <laughs> they had fully killed it.
0: That's the one most obvious uh-huh. one. That's the only one actually, because everything else, even the things that are dead, like Clips, uh-huh. I had to open it yeah, to Clips, review yeah. them. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, Clips is so dead. But uh, there we go. Yes. Anyway, we let's go. talk
1: about some things around in gadget because we have yes. a lot of fun things going on. We've got yes. our holiday gift guide series going yes. on. And uh, you want to highlight one trillion, the best gifts for tea lovers in 2022. I like yes. the shape of a lot of these tea gadgets. These look really cool. <laughs>
0: Sam Rutherford wrote up a part of our holiday gift guide. He wrote up a best gifts for tea lovers in 2022. There is, I think, a not a companion piece, but kind of a, a parallel piece for coffee lovers. There is, yeah. Uh, on the site. And uh, I forget who wrote it, but I know that Sam Rutherford is a good person to write this story. Not because he is a massive tea lover, but his wife is. So pedantic about out <laughs> there. Wow.
1: Just airing her out there. It <laughs> no, was Billy Steele. It was Billy Steele who did the coffee. What, one. the coffee yeah. one? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So the so the teapot that um the teapot, the kettle that uh, Sam recommends in the in the guide is uh I think everyone who knows tea and boiling water will find it familiar looking. I've seen it in many a friend's apartment, uh, and it's one of those that you can control the temperature, keep the It's temperature very pretty. A,
1: it's very pretty. It's very
0: pretty, yeah. it's got a long gooseneck sort of a spout. Um, it's just easy to use. I personally don't think it's got enough capacity for the amount. It's a of little hot liquid small.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's kind of tiny, it looks, and it's mm-hmm. very well insulated, so those walls are thick too. So it really doesn't contain a lot of liquid. That's a shame. But mm-hmm. you know, at least you can put like water in there and just leave it there, and it'll be hot all day. You know what? Good. Which is good nice.
1: gift for everybody. Is get an electric tea kettle. Like if you drink any bit of tea, exactly. if you have silver. over, yeah. uh, I like the Cuis- the Cuisinart one that is just like a big thing and has different temperature settings. I don't need a dial for temperature but give us right. give some control. Exactly. Nice. Same. Yeah.
0: I use a cheapo. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Singaporean as they come. Either you use a stovetop kettle or I use the electric one and electric one, just a cheap $20. A cheap Amazon yeah.
1: Version. I mean, uh, we also recommend the Breville IQ electric kettle. So that is another option there. Um, somebody, I, uh, Sam mm-hmm. has
0: also recommended, I'm sorry. Sam also recommended some frothers in there that will really elevate your tea drinking experience. I have some myself that I've never used cause they're such a mess. And such a pain. You got to you got
1: to you're supposed to froth below the line so it's not like getting everywhere. But yeah.
0: But cleaning cleaning those yeah. I, I'm a big cleaner. Anyway, <laughs> go on.
1: There's a lot of cool gadgets here, and uh, I would say look at these things for gifts. Like this is why we're doing this. We've got a yes. lot of gifts ideas. I saw a couple other guides go up. There was the best earbuds, headphones. There's the best tech toys and gifts for kids. Best board games. Um, I love a lot of this stuff. And yeah, if you buy stuff through Engadget, you help to support the site too, which is kind of fun. So check out our guides. I uh, I am already starting to buy some gifts, and we'll probably have Valentine. I already bought too
0: many. Yeah. You bought
1: too many. Um, I'm waiting yeah. for mine to land. Um, yeah. Waiting. We will also get uh, Valentina on our guides editor and our our, like lead of commerce uh, to talk about all these things, too, because it's that time of the year. And I think there are some really cool things to do. And the best thing to do, like being able to buy smarter instead of just like buying crap for people. I think people appreciate good gifts you know
0: that's why I recommended some gifts last episode you're like there's not a pop culture but anyway let's moving on <laughs> speaking uh-huh. of what have you been working on Devendra sure
1: um, I've been talking with Magic Leap remember them the AR headset company uh, the Magic Leap 2 headset uh, officially launched uh, at the end of September and I've been talking with them about the tech behind it um, I talked a bit about this last week I think but it is uh, that feature is gonna be going up this week uh, soon so I'm gonna be prepping that but there is some cool hardware in here I I think it is the best-looking AR headset I've ever seen, but it's from Magic Leap, and a lot of people have lost faith in them. They have a new Enterprise focus, which could be a big deal, but it also seems like even the Enterprise is not doing well enough for Microsoft because that's where HoloLens was being targeted and HoloLens 2. So, hey, this is all up in the air, but it's really fascinating to see the Quest uh, or the Magic Leap 2 and the MetaQuest Pro coming out at the same time, like some really high-end looks at um, AR and VR. What are you Mm -hmm, working on, Shalyn?
0: I've been testing out Microsoft's adaptive mouse kit, which Uh we've covered a few times now. Um, It was very nice and easy to set up. I am, you know, I think... In actual use, these things don't work like I imagined they would. Um, but one of the things that's crucial to our coverage of this device, now that we have it ourselves, is we want to get it out there in the hands of or, or, or in the experiences of people who would benefit, right? So people with limited mobility, people with... So it's going to take us a little bit more time to maybe produce or publish something. Uh, but if you can think of ways that the Microsoft Adaptive Mouse or the Hub or the Switch kit would... Um, improve your life let me know on twitter i'm at Sherlin low i really would like to see creative or just you know actually beneficial ideas for someone that's you know unlike myself i'm able-bodied so this is i see some benefit but i might be blind to a few of them so uh let me know and then uh some other stuff that we're testing uh, is under embargo so i can't really talk about okay. it yet okay uh,
1: will keep an eye out like we're also like fully uh ready to start preparing for ces because it's freaking november and Hey, guys, uh, just all sit, sit tight. We've got a lot of news incoming, and we're going to be probably even more tired. And uh, you know what? Yeah, prepping, prepping for stuff. I like that mouse. It's a good-looking mouse. Sherlyn, what do, you, what do you have for a pop culture pick this week?
0: <laughs> so nobody told me. I'm personally blaming everyone that didn't tell me. But Manifest season four is live on Netflix. Y'all wow. remember Manifest? No, one, nobody remembers uh, Manifest. Everybody know Manifest. Manifest was like yeah. it, t- it thing took the world by about storm. The water cooler. Yeah. Oh, every, it took the world by storm when it launched on Netflix uh, or it came over to Netflix from Fox or something. <laughs> um, so season four is up, and I gotta tell you, with Netflix being the people who are in, like you know paying for season four, things get real melodramatic. It's, uh, it's a dip. It's a whole vibe shift. The acting got somehow worse. The storyline is way more dramatic. I have not finished the season, so there's things like that. But I've been looking and waiting for the the team behind this show to expand the story to kind of explain to me what's going on. And I am not sure just yet if they know where they're going. Is, is this I'm the not sh- sure. This is a
1: show about people disappearing from a plane, right, and reappearing. Yes. So exactly. I, I cannot get yeah. over the fact that. This show basically stole the concept of the 4400 in a way. Yes. Too. Yes. Yeah.
0: There, there's so many adaptations of the same plot, right? So this is basically, yes. So a plane disappears five and a half years later, it reappears. Everyone on board is the same Was age as the first as they were
1: episode when they
0: disappeared. of Fringe, even.
1: Right, like it was Simna? a plane thing. Well, Fringe,
0: yeah. Fringe was a plane related yeah, uh, pilot. Yeah. I know Fringe so well, but you the first Fringe, episode yeah. was not about people. It was all people in on board of This, I mean, the strain also starts strain, with a plane yeah. landing with people mysteriously dead in it. This one's just um, it, it's a mix, it's a mishmash of things. It's just lost. It's like um, uh, yeah, Fringe forty four hundred, the one hundred, so many. I will. I will say season four is out, and I've been enjoying it, even despite the melodrama and whatever. I've just been, you know, getting back into that world. I like being back in that cool. mystery-solving cool. atmosphere.
1: Deal with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, manifest. I don't know, people. I don't know. I, the big question don't mark. Be a hater. You Why that? you gotta
0: shit all over what I watch? Jesus.
1: Uh, I will talk about one of the best things on TV right now, which I've recommended before. But I also think you should yes. watch Sherlin, which is Andor on Disney+. So you're Plus.
0: recycling ideas. I'm recycling okay.
1: this because I think when it started, we were like, oh, this is pretty good. I think this is pretty good. Um, now we were like 10 episodes in. and I'm like, holy crap. This is one of the best. Star Wars things ever made it is one of the best things on TV right now it is a great exploration of ideas in the Star Wars universe that's never really been done before it is sort of looking at like how rebelling is form because Star Wars was always the rebels versus the evil Empire but this kind of gets into the nitty-gritty of that and what that means and the way empires can basically use fascism to kind of control their population and get people really excited about really simple things in a weird way this show feels like it's almost preparing um people for the world we're kind of stepping into so I don't I don't know, but I do think it's incredibly well-written, incredibly well-acted. Andor is very good. And also, I was happy to see that uh, there's another Star Wars animated uh, series out right now called Tales of the Jedi. And I think you'd really like this one, Sherlin, because Tales of the Jedi is um, bringing in characters we've seen before, like Ahsoka and, uh, was it, uh, Count Dooku from, from the prequels, which nobody remembers. But, it brings his characters back. It shows us like aspects of their lives we haven't seen before. We see something like from when Ahsoka was born. I think is pretty cool. And the Count Dookie, like as a Jedi man, um, who's starting to like lose faith, basically in in everything. I think the animation is good. Uh, the series is created by Dave Filoni, who's basically been behind a lot of the like Star Wars animated stuff, and also like in the Mandalorian too. Like he's done a lot of writing on that. So I have had a hard time getting into the Star Wars animated shows because I think the animation looks kind of bad. Um, a lot of them have been geared towards kids too. So like Clone Wars and even like the Rebels show, I think that's what it was called. Um, just never really got into them. These are like bite-sized episodes, 15 to 20 minutes. Cool characters. I like good animation and good storytelling. So I think these are like a good way to get into extra stories around these characters in the Star Wars universe. So check out Tales of the Jedi. that's on Disney Plus right now.
0: Well, that's it for the episode this week, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. This podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find the Vindra at...
1: At Devendra on Twitter and a podcast about movies and TV at the filmcasts.com.
0: If you want to send me great ideas for how to better use the Microsoft Adaptive Mouse, or you wanna send me better TV show ideas, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Sherlyn Lowe. Email us your thoughts at podcast@engadget.com. leave us a review please on iTunes, and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts.